And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. But like we do every once in a while, we deviate just a little bit from that. And actually, we're not deviating, we're expanding. Because to me, social media is simply another marketing tool. And so today, we are so very honored to be talking about marketing with one of the true experts in the world. So please join me in welcoming David Avron. So welcome, David. Thank you so much. Nice to uh, nice to talk to you, old friend. I know. You know, and, and it's funny because Mile High Radio is, of course, in Denver, and David is in Denver, and here I am down here in Hotlanta. Yeah, and, and, but it just goes to show the power of computers and the internet and all those various things. And you know, it's actually nice to, to be in Denver because I'm so rarely in Denver. You know, as a speaker, I, I travel extensively, and as they say, you're never a prophet in your own land. So uh, everywhere else, I'm an expert here. I'm the kid who went to Thomas Jefferson High School, so it's, it's nice to be home from time to time. Uh, well, and, and always good to be spending time with, with your, your family. Um, you know, that's, that's always sure. a, a definite benefit. But, you know, I've, I've had you on before on the program on Mile High because we talked about one of your books, and I love it. It is such a good book. Uh, the title of it is called It's Not Who You Know, It's Who Knows You. And I actually mention it quite a bit on the program because, to me, that's kind of what social media is. Yeah. You know, it's not who we're connected to. It's who our connections are connected to. Um, you know, and, and I, have, I, I, I have a confession. I loaned my book to someone and they loved it so much it never came back. So I went to my friendly online bookstore and just ordered me a new copy because it's one of those books I like to reread every couple of years, um, you know, because it, it does have such good advice. Well, I appreciate that. It's one of those books. When I wrote that book uh, a few years back, I think it's still very relevant. I actually updated it about a year and a half ago. And uh, it was one of those uh, squirrel yeah, one of those yes. kind of books, my, my uh, short attention span book where you open up to any page and just right. it's an idea. And I just sort mm -hmm. of put down all those musings. Now, the new book mm -hmm. um, was a, a different approach, much more strategic, much more hard hitting. And that's what's really exciting this week as, as oh, we're right. looking to launch the new one. I know. That is so cool. Well, for people who don't know you, let me give a quick little bio here. So business marketing pro David Avron, CSP, is known as the visibility coach. A popular keynote speaker, consultant, and business coach, he has presented to enthusiastic audiences across North America and in more than 20 countries around the world. David has worked with more than 3,000 company CEOs and other top leaders and their organizations to help uncover, envision, craft, and promote meaningful competitive advantages. David's company, Visibility International LLC, is based outside of Denver, and you can visit him at visibilityinternational.com. Yep. Great, great. Well, the new book, we've already teased it, but the name of the new book, and I love this, is Visibility Marketing, the no-holds-barred truth about what it takes to grab attention, build your brand, and win new business. And it was one of those books that as I was reading it, I'm going, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. It had so many common sense things, but so many things that so many people forget. And that's what I really liked about it is, you know, it's it, it was a, a, a way to really remind people and even to tell people from, you know, who aren't familiar with some of this, here's what you need to be doing. So let's take a step back. Why did you decide to write the new book? Well, you know, uh, part of it, quite honestly, is just is as a as a keynote speaker, uh, for us, it's it's relevance. It's What's right. new? What's um, but it was also sort of the culmination. You know, when you write a first book, um, mm -hmm. it's everything you've learned to your life at that point. And when you go to a second book, it's a very different process. It's sort of mm -hmm. what's that next level learning, and that's mm -hmm. what this was for me. And it was if I was going to write instead of writing a book, if I was going to write the book, what was the thing that I would want to shout from the mountaintops? Right. And so, <clears throat> what really sort of was burning inside of me 
was to sort of smack in the back of the head these company leaders and sales professionals and entrepreneurs and otherwise um, who sort of fall into some of these traditional traps and things that may have worked 30 years ago, even maybe mm -hmm. questionably to an extent, that just don't work today. And it's, it's right. the competency claims. And so the core of the book is about a shift in the marketplace, a really profound shift um, mm -hmm. that's occurred over the last 20 and 30 years, where it used to be uh, competency-based claims, our quality and our commitment and our customer service and our people uh, and our caring and our integrity. And the reality is, in today's marketplace, everybody's good. Uh, mm -hmm. and, I, and I hammer audiences around the world. I said, if you don't think your competitors are great at what they do, wake up because right. you are fooling yourself. I said, you know why? Do you know why people do business with your competitors? Because I'm going to tell you why. Because they want to. Because mm -hmm. they like them. Because they're good. They're used to it. Yeah, and they're good. And yeah, some of them just mm -hmm. be very, very comfortable. And so we talk about the challenge of customer acquisition. And the reality mm -hmm. is the challenge is customer uh, and prospect conversion. Because they're already right. getting their needs met. So we have to convince mm -hmm. them to stop doing business the way they're currently doing business and start doing business with us. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. And so the traditional methodologies just don't work. And so we have to get beyond competency claims. And so the core of the title itself, Visibility Marketing, sort of alludes back to traditional marketing in yesteryear, which was uh, you know, saying, look at me, look at me. And, and here's our building. We, we paint our building a bright color. We have neon signs or a high school kid is on the corner waving at cars in a costume character. Today, visibility marketing is about being visible where they are, where your prospects mm -hmm. are, um, the events that they attend and the, and the articles that they read and the publications. And of course, with these wonderful new tactics like social media and content marketing, it gives us a chance to take our message and broadcast it to the world. And as you alluded to in the beginning, when you're talking social media, of using that hub and spoke model mm -hmm. and using the people who already have a, a, a wonderful audience to help leverage that to broadcast your message far beyond the walls of your business itself. And so this was this was a fun book to read. This was a, a, to write. Uh, it was a hard book to write because mm -hmm. I, I really had to come up with some great examples of, of why what used to work doesn't. Right. What works now. But then I also put an, an exercise at the end of every chapter that mm -hmm. says, here's something you can do to sit down with your team or your organization or your spouse, depending on the size of your business, and ask some of these kind of hard, provocative questions mm -hmm. about, um, about why are we a better choice than the other great choices. Right. Well, and, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I got out of the book is – you absolutely have to know what your competitors are doing, you know, so why are you the better choice? Yeah. And, you know, and, and they wouldn't still be in business if they weren't doing something well, or at least something passable. You know, I, I've interviewed Peter Shankman before. And one of the things that he talks about is the fact that everybody pretty much gets by on being average. And, you know, if, if you really want to do good, all you have to do is just a little bit better than average. Um, but it, so in your book, it's it's all about getting people to know that you are better than average, that you've got this great product, this great service. And it, it does start in a lot of ways with knowing your competition. Yeah. And, you know, how many business owners either bury their heads in the sand and think, I don't have competition. Right, we get that. Or they don't want to know anything about them. Right. Well, I get pushback sometimes, which is very interesting. And they'll say, mm -hmm. listen, I'm not going to develop my marketing based on what my competitors do. And I'm like, you have to. And I'll right. tell you why. Because if I'm playing the part of your prospective customer, I'm hearing from everyone. Mm -hmm. And if they're all saying the same things and touting their quality and their commitment and their people and all, then I don't know the difference. And when I don't know right. the difference, it's about price. And mm -hmm. I ask audiences around the world, I say, raise your hand. Who aspires to be the low price leader in your category? And of course, they laugh. And I'm like, that's what happens. When I believe, it's your prospect, when I believe that everything is essentially the same, mm -hmm. I am hammering you on price. Now, it's not to suggest that price is unimportant. I've heard people say, I've heard sales presenters say, even recently, if you do X and Y, price is no longer an issue. And mm -hmm. pardon my language, it's complete and utter crap. Right. Price is always an issue, always. Mm -hmm. But provided you're priced competitively, then price isn't the issue, right? They can mm -hmm. afford you or they can't. Or they can afford your competitor or they can't. Even if you're right. a premium product or service, they can afford you or they can't. But when I believe everything is the same, then then it is about price. 
So mm -hmm. much of the book, and of course my message when I speak as well, is about competitive advantage. It's no mm -hmm. longer about competency. It is about competitive advantage. And I might differ a little bit from, from my, my colleague Peter Shankman in that, that I think everybody's really good today. There's always some stragglers, but I don't think people are, there's a few that are fair or marginal, but you know what? Right. The internet outs them very, very quickly. Yes. Um, you know, we with, with Yelp and TripAdvisor and Rotten Tomatoes, um, the, the opportunities for feedback and for offering negative reviews or anything mm -hmm. else is profound. I mean, in yesteryear, a bad movie could survive for a couple of weeks. Now it can't survive for two days. Right. Right. Did you ever see there was a movie this last year called Gem and the Holograms? Did you ever see it? No, and you I don't know, even think I've heard you know of it. know why you didn't see it and never heard of it? It got bad reviews. Because it sucked. Right. It, was, mm -hmm. it went. It was, there was an article that said it was the number one biggest flop of the year. Well, oh. teens shared that information very, very quickly. It didn't mm -hmm. go because it wasn't good. The ones who aren't good, they find out very, very quickly because everything goes online. Everything right. goes online. And we do so much research. You know, I'm, I'm getting ready to meet a friend of mine for dinner in a, a town where neither of us have been. And so we were looking on Yelp and we were looking on TripAdvisor. And, you know, the funny thing is a lot of times the, 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 the reviews that are there, and you're, of course, looking for positives sure. and you're looking for negatives. So many times I'm thinking, were they even talking about the right restaurant or, you know, all of those things? And especially with the, the extreme negatives and the extreme positives. Right. I always wonder what's in it. You know, is it the wife of the business owner or the ex-wife of, you know, a server or, you know, something like that <laughs> that is. And, and so, you know, I kind of ignore the, the outliers. Um, but, yeah, we, we look there and we base our decisions on those views Absolutely. that we and we don't know those people. Don't, you know? But here's the reality is we're not going to take a chance. There, mm -hmm. There's a, a very famous school of thought that, right. that suggests that. We're, there's a mistaken belief that we're all looking to make the best decision possible, purchasing mm -hmm. and hiring or contracting. And the reality is we're really, by and large, looking to avoid making a bad decision. We just don't screw it up. Now, right. it's, it's not that we don't want to make a great decision. Of course we do. We just don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So if we look at those online reviews and we're going to gravitate towards the negatives because we want to find out what somebody didn't like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> if we wonder, if we're not sure... We're not going to take a chance. You know why? Right. Because we have so many other choices where we don't have to take a chance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why you get um, businesses like Chili's and Applebee's. Now, they're not great, but you know what they are? They're consistently good. Right. They're consistent. You, you know what to you expect. You know what to expect. That's McDonald's. McDonald's is the most consistently um, decent food on the planet. A Big Mac is a Big mm -hmm. Mac is a Big Mac. It doesn't matter if you're in Tokyo or Seattle or Miami or New York City. It's always going to taste right. the same. Mm -hmm. And look at their slogan. We're, I'm loving it. Nobody over the age of eight is loving McDonald's. No. Their value proposition is predictability. And yes. so as we're looking to make choices, you know, between others, we're going to look to avoid making those bad decisions. If there's a question, mm -hmm. if there's a bad review, if we meet, I mean, think about companies right now, like, like Chipotle and others, really great companies, but an unfortunate mm -hmm. lapse in standards. And some people got E. coli. It's horrible. I ask audiences, I say, when you hear Chipotle, what do you think? You think dysentery, right? You think, yes. You think, ah, I can't eat you there. You think Volkswagen, what do you think? You think cheaters, yes. right? Because a small mm -hmm. team of people cheated. They rigged the computers. Mm -hmm. And so your brand, and I talk uh, about branding as well, as your brand being your reputation. So everything that we do and everything we don't do matters. And when we have those lapses and we aren't you know, keeping an eye towards those important uh, entry fee kinds of things like quality and commitment. That's just that's just the entry fee to play in this marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, but as you said before, I mean th that looking to avoid making a bad decision. I'll give you a quick example. I um, mm -hmm. I travel like crazy, as you know, and so when I travel, I'm, I I rent from Enterprise. Enterprise right, always right. give me great customer service, very consistent, and and they take my debit card. So mm -hmm. I, I love Enterprise. But when I when I turn my car back in, and I rent. 90 plus times a year. They always say the same thing to me. So I pull in, I get out and they say, welcome back, Mr. Averin. How was the charger? How was the Camry? Whatever I say, it was just fine. They walk around the car and, and looking for damage or something. They said, did you have a chance to fill it up? No, go ahead and charge me. Should we put it on the same credit card? Yes. And then they ask me the same question every time. Is there anything we could have done to have made this a more outstanding experience? You know what they're really saying? They're saying, please, God, don't go on TripAdvisor. 
mm-hmm. trash us for something I can fix right now. Let me fix it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that negative review doesn't go away. It's this, 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 I tell my kids and I know it's a horrible cynical view. I got three kids. Well, they're two teens and one in her twenties. And I say, you know, the difference between love and the internet, the internet is forever, right. ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Don't post that stuff. Well, it's the same for our businesses and same for our social media as we think and try and take a deep breath before we hit that send button because mm-hmm. it never goes away. And so we really work really hard to mitigate the opposition. Um, if there's somebody who's not happy more than any other time in history, Deb, we have to go overboard in helping them to walk away right. satisfied because remember basic guest relations philosophy. And there's been versions of this when they say the average person with a positive experience will tell two or three people and the average person mm-hmm. with a negative experience will tell 10 or something like that today right. none of that's true both can't. it's not anywhere close that's millions mm-hmm. right because we have those access to those online resources so mm-hmm. well and so many times when someone has a problem you know it doesn't matter what it is something just wasn't right with the product or service right. They just want to be acknowledged, you know, and and so if the business says, oh, we're sorry, what can we do to fix it? They're like, oh, okay. But when they're ignored, and that's what, you know, we, we talk a lot about on this program is if a business is not paying attention to what's going on on social media, especially negative comments, and, and you know, we're, we're lumping Yelp and, and TripAdvisor in with Facebook and, and all of those Absolutely. things, you know, if they let those negative comments go they grow, you know, because you you have all the other people who jump on board to complain and say, oh, my gosh, I had a horrible meal, too. Or, you know, I got my rental car and it wasn't clean. Right. And sometimes they don't even care if it's the same company or the right company. You know, right. It might be, you know, and and so that's where it's really important to always be monitoring your reputation and making sure that what's out there is the best thing that, that can be. Absolutely. We get so, we're, first of all, we're very spoiled, right? Mm-hmm. Immediate feedback for everything. If we don't, we get very, uh, right. right, what do they call first world problems, right? Mm-hmm. But all anybody has to do is Google, or not Google, on YouTube, search United Breaks Guitars, right? Mm-hmm. United Breaks Guitars. Oh, yeah. And that's the famous one where they, mm-hmm. they, they weren't responsive and they could have mitigated the damage. They could have responded quickly. But because they didn't, the guy goes out, writes a song, creates a music video, and they get tens of millions of hits. Well, now, and because I'm 1K on United, I know all you have to do is throw a tweet out there and put in hashtag United. They respond within 30 seconds. Right. Just, they have a full team of people that that's all they do. Right. That's right. Just just nip it in the bud as fast as they can because the damage, the ramifications of, of non-response or late response today is profound. Well, and, you know, the, the problem with, you know, as, as we say, anything on the Internet is there forever, is we don't always notice or pay attention or care about when the issue first cropped up. You know, the, the United Guitar thing, oh, gosh, that's, what, at least five yeah, years absolutely. old, if not more. Yeah. You know, but, but for some people, it's the first time they see it, and they think it happened yesterday. And, you know, so say you are a restaurant or a car company, or uh, in your book you talk about hotel rooms because you travel so much, things like that. Right. Somebody might not notice that the review <laughs> is, is many years old. And so it, it tends to be something that... You know, it, it does live forever. And if you didn't take the opportunity to try and fix it, you know, go back and try and fix it now at the very least. Well, there is a remedy. And, you know, there's firms who specialize in, in bearing negative negative content. You can't get right. other things reviewed or, or, mm-hmm. or um, uh, removed. Mm-hmm. But but there's a lot of things that we can do. And I think the best thing for your, your audience as well is the more you can flood the marketplace with positive things right. about right. your company and what you do, the more mm-hmm. you can flood it with 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 videos and creative things, then those other things get pushed down more and more and more. And anytime you can push it to page two, you're you're in great shape. You look. Right. There's that great old that old line that says the the best place to hide a dead body. You know the best place to hide a dead body, on the second page of Google. Right, no, because we don't go find, past page one. And no one will ever find it. Mm-hmm. So the more positive things you can, the, the videos you produce, the articles that you write, that's so much of what I talk about in visibility marketing in the book is, is can we create a critical mass of positive press? If we have a clear idea who we want to be, we're mm-hmm. writing articles, we're making videos to be, to be visible. If you want people to find you, you have to be findable. If you want people to be mm-hmm. interested, you have to be interesting. 
So it's right. a very proactive kind of a um, of, of a process. Right now, for me, because I speak for a living, mm-hmm. um, my primary audience is on YouTube right? because mm-hmm. it's it's a visual of what I do, and it's my right. version of sampling. Nobody's going to hire me to come speak for their organization who hasn't seen me speak. So mm-hmm. if they haven't, they go and look online. And so right now, um, YouTube, which of course is the second biggest search engine in the world, second to Google, uh, if you go on YouTube and you you type in and search marketing speaker, mm-hmm. I'm number one in the world. You wow. type in best marketing speaker, I'm number one in the world organically. Mm-hmm. And not because I'm the greatest marketing speaker in the world. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying, right? No, it's just it's it, the internet doesn't judge. It's just it's just content because I have content right. because I have enough tag, um, enough keywords and others in there. But wherever mm-hmm. I go, I just take my little my iPhone and I turn it around. I put it on the ledge, and I'm like, "Hi, David Avern, the visibility coach. I'm here, Dubai. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my gosh, I'm at the top of the Burj Khalifa, the world's mm-hmm. tallest building, 200 stories, 57 elevators. It is impossible to ignore." Okay. And I go on and give them some little message about marketing, and and then I upload it. It's mm-hmm. content, and it's yes. Of- well, and and I want to point out, I'm sitting here at my computer, and a lot of times, Google and YouTube go with your location, you know, as as part of that search, whether you put it in there or not. Right. So I thought, yeah, let let's see. So I did. I put in just marketing speaker into YouTube. There's two ads that come up first, right. but yes, you are the first. Um, one right. after that, the first organic, that was that word that comes up and, and it is it. And honest to God, folks, you know, this really is the very first thing that comes up. And so yeah, it, it is about is having the, the content. Right. This is my livelihood. I, I, I mm-hmm. treat this like a business. This is an mm-hmm. ego for me. Uh, I got my, my oldest just graduated from what the USA today called the most spoiled college in America. You got to pay for this stuff. Yes. So, I get down to my office every day or I'm in my hotel room when I'm traveling and I work at this mm-hmm. and, and my, my social media posts and things like that. Once again, as I said, if you want people to be interested, you okay. have to be interesting. So much, mm-hmm. so much of what I talk about in visibility marketing is that kind of strategy is that you've mm-hmm. got to be an active participant. The, the crazy ones are the people who say, um, you know, our reputation speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? That's lazy. That's lazy. Mm -hmm. Not to suggest you shouldn't have a stellar reputation, but to rely on that, you're going to get your lunch eaten because Mm -hmm. there are competitors who are trying to steal your money. There are competitors Mm -hmm. who are trying to take food out of your kids' mouths. And it's not personal. They're just trying to feed their kids. Right, right. Right? And and it's funny because it's so... It's easier today than it ever has been to be that visible, um, you know, and, and to, yeah. to, to, you know, to be t- making those videos because hello, who does not have a smartphone? Um, you know, my mother, who is 83, has a smartphone. Oh, hi, camera. Yeah, you know, and, and so you can do that. I had a, a meeting at a restaurant several uh, weeks ago, and I was talking to, it was it was a, a closed meeting. We were talking about how to use social media to promote your business. And so the restaurant owner was just kind of sitting in, and he, he came up and he said, how could I do this? And I said, you need to use video. I said, do you do a different special every night? Now, it was an Italian restaurant. And he said, yes. I said, then you want to do Facebook Live Absolutely. video. Absolutely. And show your chef preparing it and have him talk about, you know, maybe it was his mother's recipe or, you know, something like that. I said, now, you know, like you said, don't lie. Don't make stuff up. If if mama never made it, then no, you can't say it was mama's favorite right, recipe. Exactly. But, you know, and, and I told him, I said, the cool thing is not that people will watch it live because, you know, it's as fun and fascinating as we are, unless we're a really big name person, most people aren't going to watch our, our stuff live. But it gets archived and then, you know, and, and so then people will go back and see it and go, oh, well, I really have to go there tonight because they're having the pasta primavera and I saw the chef prepare it. And there's something it, and, about and, that, and, that live, that authenticity, that mm-hmm. non-rehearsed, hold up your phone in the air. Yes. It's just really engaging, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And a lot of studies have shown that 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 creates much more engagement right, uh, right. Uh, the non-professional uh, it doesn't mean that you don't want to have things framed well and and kind of mm-hmm. know what you want to say before you say it but you don't want to be overly rehearsed the people who mm-hmm. are really pissed off right now are the right. professional videographers Ooh, because yeah. they're being re- replaced and it doesn't mean that there's not a, a a role for what they do mm-hmm. but for casual video 
not a chance. Pick up your phone. Now I'm a I'm a I'm a bit partial to horizontal video, but that's just mm-hmm. me because that's the shape of your screen. But that said, you're right. I had a couple of weeks ago when I got first delivery of this new book. Um, I was I was home alone, and literally I grabbed the the neighbor girl who was walking down the street next to her. I said, "Would you come in and hold my my phone for me? I want to do a quick Facebook live of me unboxing my book and right. do it." And I didn't even think about what I was going to say. She just opened and said, hi, David Averin. Uh, I'm really excited. This is a big day. My book is here. If you've ever written a book. And it was just authentic. And it was extemporary. It was. And I grabbed it. And I just hugged the book. And I held it up. And I talked about it a little bit. And I got thousands and thousands of views on that. But only 25 people watched it live. Because I got a quick notification. Hey, David Averin is live. But when I just post a video on Facebook, maybe a couple hundred people will see it. But when you go Facebook Live, as, as one of many, many tactics, of course, and you're an expert on all of this, there's, we engage. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, been, it's been great fun. And, and, and much of what I talk about on stage and once again in the book as well is to look at some of these creative tactics. It doesn't mean that there's not a role for traditional tactics and traditional right. marketing. But it's really hard to stand out. You know, mm-hmm. As you said, there's n- never before have we had so many ways to promote ourselves but by the same token, we've um, we've never had so many um, so much competition as well. Right. Yeah. Well, and and finding that message that makes you stand out, and and I don't know why I just thought of this, and and you know, there's actually a quote in your book that I want to talk about, is um and 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 it says you know so it, it says you know the most important question posed in the book. So again, it's visibility marketing is the book. Oh. What makes you a better choice than all the other good choices in the marketplace? Yeah. You know, and, and that's really what it comes down to. And and I don't know why I flashed onto this, that this this was what I thought of. And this this was actually several years ago that I saw this. It was a little company in Golden, Colorado. And they marketed themselves. Now, you know, granted, this was kind of one of those catchy phrases sure. that we you know shouldn't really use anymore because catchy phrases don't do much besides just be a catchy phrase, but they marketed themselves as the second largest brewery in Golden. Now, for those of you, the, the very few of you who, who don't recognize Golden, it's the, you know, one of the, it, it is where Coors beer comes from. Yes, it's made other places now, but yes, okay, it's Coors. And so they, they really did market themselves as being the second largest. And it was, they made their beer in their garage, you know, and, and so it was from, it was, it, so that was kind of part of it that was funny was, okay, you go from yeah. this behemoth all the way down to they do two or three kegs a year. But it was so cute. And I mean, that was, woo. 10 years ago, maybe at least when, and, and I still remember that, but you know, now they might have to say the second best brewed beer in, you know, and, and things like that, but then they have to back it up. And that's really what your book comes down to is we can't just keep using these catchy phrases or the catchy keywords. Um, I, I love the part where you, and you know, I'm, I am a marketing and PR firm. And so when you talked about this, it was like, oh, where it wasn't always lace, wasn't very it, kind to, to right, and but but it's so true. We get lazy, and we you know as as a PR firm or as you know a marketing and or PR professional, you know maybe you're the the, the employee, where we rely on testimonials. We get keywords and key phrases that really don't mean anything. You know, and, and, but it's glitzy and it's showy and it's, but it doesn't mean anything. And, and again, it's not differentiating you from your competitors. You know, one of my favorites are the signs that you see when you're traveling down the highway that advertise clean restrooms. Okay. I'm not going to go in the other ones. And, (laughs) but it's, you know, they have to use that word clean to to try and differentiate themselves. An acknowledged deficiency in the marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. And so if that's all they have to go on, at least they got something to go on. Right. You know, and, and, but, you know, talk to us a little bit more about that. Why, you know, and, and, and how do we get away from the, you know, saying, well, it's a visionary, it's authentic, it's, you know, all those words that everybody else the problem, uses. Right. The problem is, is that most of those words are true. They're just no longer compelling. Right. And I'm not very nice to marketing firms in the book because I think a lot of them are really, really lazy. And mm-hmm. um, I went by the other day and... Um, there was a new prototype for Wendy's hamburger restaurant. And so it was kind of a cool looking building. 
and mm -hmm. on the side of it had their sign Wendy's and then their slogan in, in hard letters, light up letters. And it says, Wendy's quality is our recipe. And I'm thinking, Hey, Wendy's huh? fire your ad agency. <laughs> right. Because you paid tens of millions of dollars and somebody sold you some snake oil Mm -hmm. Because people say, you know what, I'm, I'm hungry. Where do you, you want to go? There? No, I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about quality. I want some quality. Yes. Let's go to Wendy's. It's mm -hmm. just stupid. It's just mm -hmm. stupid. And you know what? They can say, well, yeah, they make tens of millions of dollars more than I do. But it's beyond stupid. And they just got sold a bill of goods because they said there was some process they went through or something else that spit this out the end. And the reality is this is much more of an art than a mm -hmm. science. And not everybody's an artist. And there are some big firms who are charging big dollars. They said, this was our process. And then the board looks at it and they go, well, you're the expert. And we spent a lot of money. Right. And it's just stupid. And the reality mm -hmm. is there's an opportunity for something great. And when they mm -hmm. did their original hot and juicy, and the reason it was juicy because they were 76% meat and 20-something right. percent. And, and, and they showed it dripping down your finger. That's right. But it was it was different. So what's different? Mm -hmm. These guys are, are juicier. Today, when, when I said that the, your real challenge and the most profound question in the book is what makes you a better choice than the other good choices, um, I, I'm serious in that we talk about our competency and we get it all the time. There's not a restaurant, there's not a food item who doesn't go on TV, who doesn't in their ads say, we use the freshest ingredients. Oh my God, you're serving me food. Right. You better be fresh. What is the alternative? We use nearly expired ingredients, but we mm -hmm. pass the savings on to you. It's just stupid, but they think there's this formula that they're supposed to. If you're talking about food, you have to talk about quality ingredients or fresh ingredients. Right. And the reality is today, that's assumed. That's mm -hmm. expected. For the first time ever, being really, really good at what you do, that's the entry fee. And mm -hmm. so the book really pushes and also gives some examples of some exercise you can do with your team to ferret out some real differentiators. Now, here's the reality in a lot of industries, because everybody's good, is in some cases, quite honestly, Deb, there is no significant difference. Um, sometimes we are commodity. Uh, if you're an accountant, uh, if you're a CPA, if you're an attorney, oftentimes we, we, went, we all have the same certification. We did the same things. Where's that area of specialization that you can do to, to give yourself an opportunity to, to stand out? Um, I, I, I give an a, a example in the book about the, um, because I stay at a lot of hotels and I'm generally a Hilton guy when I have an opportunity because that's mm -hmm. the points are. Um, I stay at, at a lot of hotels, but part of the Hilton family is Hampton Inn. Oh, love Hampton And Inn. when you go to Hampton Inn, they do something very interesting because they're competing against Quality Inn and Sleep Inn and Fairfield Inn and Holiday mm -hmm. Express and things like that. But you go in there and there's a yellow sticky note stuck to the headboard. And it mm -hmm. looks handwritten, but it's not. And it says, it reminds you that the sheets and the duvet cover, the bedspread, are washed mm -hmm. clean in every room every day. Now, right. we've seen those John Stossel investigative reports. Yeah, where you're thinking, ew. Yeah, it's disgusting. But here's the reality. It is disgusting. Mm -hmm. And it's a newly acknowledged problem that we really didn't think about in the past. So if cleanliness is a really big issue for you, it is the deciding factor when all things are right. equal, right? And that's always been my thing. Mm -hmm. Four mm -hmm. most dangerous words in business are all things being equal. But when all things are equal, we're going to opt for Hampton Inn's going to win because we at least know that the room is cleaner because they yes. do something. Now, there's a cost to that, right? The cost is mm -hmm. their, their hardworking housekeepers may only clean 15 rooms a day instead of 16, and their laundry costs may go up 8%. But if they can convert another 12%, 15% of those people on the fence, because right now we're going online, and we're, we can say $5 here, and we click buy. And mm -hmm. so it's commoditized the industry. So what they did, they acknowledged that they're a clean, comfortable room like everybody else. So they created differentiation where it didn't occur. And there's parts mm -hmm. of the book where I talk about exercise for you to sit back and pretend pretend you're competing against yourself. If you were well-funded and you were right. going to start your own company that competed with your current company, where are the vulnerabilities? Mm -hmm. what, are they, what are you doing currently that you think may be vulnerable? If you were going to create a new company, how would you compete against yourself? And it's mm -hmm. so eye-opening. I do this with teams across the country and around the world. And they bring me in and I work for a day in consulting. And we ferret out some of these kinds of things. So for those of you listening right now um, and others, if you really struggle to find some significant differences other than we really care, or we have great people, which is completely mm -hmm. meaningless, um, sometimes maybe this is, this is the impetus to sit down and create some differentiation that didn't exist. Right. 
Can we can we solve a problem maybe a little bit better? Maybe if it's sort of traditional that it's always a, a seven day turnaround. Is there a way for us to do it in three days? What would that take? Is it worth the money? And sometimes the answer is no. Right. But it's a great introspective exercise to create mm -hmm. differentiation um, if it doesn't exist. Right. And and sometimes it really is just something fairly simple. Sure. And, and you know, or sometimes it's something that's more complicated. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at Amazon right now. You know, when Amazon first started, we thought, oh, this is pretty cool because we can get everything. And yeah, maybe it takes a week or so. Well, then it got faster and faster. And now they have Amazon Prime and Amazon Now. And we expect things to come within an hour or two hours. And if there's a, a product that that I want that isn't, I'm like, oh, well, how come I can't get it in an hour? Now, I could drive somewhere in 10 minutes and buy it, you know, but it's this whole concept of I can order it without ever having left my easy chair. And then, of course, the trick is, well, I'm not going to get just that. I'm going to get other things, too. Yeah, you get them in the door. It's, it's why Costco and Sam's Club put their milk and everything else in the back of the store. You got to right. pass everything right. else. But mm -hmm. the point is, you can get books anywhere. We can always mm -hmm. get books. So that competitive advantage, it's like, why are you a better choice? Well, for them, it's a faster delivery. Now it's drones, yes. right? Looking mm -hmm. at it and everything else. Sometimes it is, it's, it's that small thing that you're going to get that these people, they're all doing the same thing, but they have a two-year warranty and everybody else has a one-year warranty. Guess mm -hmm. what? All things being equal, they win. Right. Right? And, and, you know, the product may break after six months or the product may break after five years. But just know, oh, one year as opposed to two years. Okay. Okay. I, I think I'm going to go with the two and years. And you, mm -hmm. you assume there's better quality. And the good news right. is there's so many ways to do this right. The only way to do it wrong, besides doing a bad job, you're right, that's the most fundamental. Yes. Mm -hmm. but the, the, the only way to do it really wrong is, is to be complacent, is mm -hmm. to let your competitors find clever ways of of gaining competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. I hear, and, and a, a big part of my audience is company CEOs, and I work with mm -hmm. CEO roundtable groups and others, and I still hear people saying, folks, at the end of the day, it's about quality. And I right. say, I couldn't agree, I couldn't disagree more. At mm -hmm. the beginning of the day, it's about quality. Yes. Quality is the entry fee. At the end of the day, it's about competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. And so that's my message on stage. It's my message in the book. It's about gaining, identifying, creating, promoting competitive advantage. Right. You know, one of the things you talked about in the book, and I, and I found this fascinating, is industry trade shows and conferences. You know, so many people, for whatever reason, don't go. They don't have time. They don't have the money, yada, yada, yada. But a big part of it is they don't want to go and see what their competitors are doing. And your point is you absolutely have to go and see what your competitors are doing. I, I think it's a, it's a faulty mindset. And I get mm -hmm. pushback all the time. It's like I'm not <clears> – <throat> I'm, I'm focusing on my customers and I'm not going to focus on my competitors. And I, and I understand where they're coming from, but it's a naive way of, of, of looking at things. What right. you have to know is what are your, your prospects hearing from your competitors? What are your mm -hmm. competitors offering your prospects? Because we think, <clears throat> excuse me, we think we're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with our prospects. And, it's a group. And, right. They're on a party line. We're on mm -hmm. a party line. Everybody's having that same conversation with the prospects, and we have to stand out. At least we have mm -hmm. to be a finalist, right? right? Because for most of us, if we can get face-to-face -face with a prospect, we're going to convert the lion's share of those opportunities. Mm -hmm. It's how do we get that? I mean, what's that one behavior? And I, and I talk about this as well, is so oftentimes that, that it's really one behavior that is predictive of success. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, it's getting in front of a prospect. Um, right. It's sort of it's marketing for the behavior that leads to the sale instead of marketing for the sale. And the perfect mm -hmm. example in the marketplace is Geico, right? Geico Insurance. They never ask you, they almost never ask you to buy insurance. They right. only ask you for one thing. They ask you for 15 minutes mm -hmm. because it's easy for you to say yes to 15 minutes. But right. once they get 15 minutes, they got you, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's the same for me in my marketing with my team here just south of Denver. When I'm on the road, they're working hard keeping me busy. But we mm -hmm. know there's one behavior that's predictive of success for me as a speaker. And that's as if we can get prospects, meeting planners, speakers, bureaus, others, to my website at visibilityinternational.com and they mm -hmm. click on the video right there in right. the middle of the home screen. If they click on that video, which is 12 minutes of me speaking all over the world, if they click on that video, I got a good shot of getting the gig. 
Right. If mm -hmm. you don't click on that video, Deb, zero chance. Right. Zero. Nobody's going to hire me. So when mm -hmm. we create our marketing, we ask ourselves a question. That's a great idea. Is that going to get, is that more likely to get a meeting planner to click on that video? And if it, mm -hmm. if it isn't, we don't do it. We don't mm -hmm. have unlimited time and resources. Everything we do is marketing for that behavior to get that one behavior that is predictive of success. Right. For most people, if you have a retail business, it's getting a prospects in the door one time. Mm -hmm. Right? You can't have a repeat customer if you have a first time customer. They get mm -hmm. it until they get it. And once they're in, then it's your job, right? To deliver right. a great product. But marketing's job is to get people up to bat. Mm -hmm. And so what doesn't work is talking about our people. At the end of the day, it's really about the people. No, it isn't. No. People look just like the people who work for your competitors. Mm -hmm. Stop pretending that your people care more. See what it's like to do business with the people who really care about the hospitality, who care about mm -hmm. who care about sandwiches. It's it just doesn't work anymore. Right. Nobody buys. Yeah. And, you know, there is, you know, there is a factor of customer service that does play into it, but it's a, it's a small factor. You know, like, say I go to a restaurant right. and the waiter's kind of rude. Okay. But if the food is good, then I'm okay. Yeah. Now, you know, if the waiter was rude and dropped stuff on me, you know, there, there's varying things. But, I yeah, it, I'm much. there for the food. I'm not there to chat with the waiter. Exactly. But, but Deb, that's retention. Right. Mm -hmm. That's retention. That, that's how you yes. keep people. So much mm -hmm. of what I do is about um, get, getting them getting there, there mm -hmm. in the first place. But, but your part is, is so important as well, because what happens when we have a less than stellar experience? We, we go to social media. And we share it. You bet. Mm -hmm. You bet we do. So I'm not I'm not suggesting that keeping an eye on operations is unimportant. It's crucially important. But in terms of promoting, let's not mm -hmm. promote the competency. Let's promote the advantages, competitive right. advantage, the differentiation, the cool things where somebody goes, that's what I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. Finally, mm -hmm. somebody gets it. And maybe it's a faster delivery. Maybe it's a, um, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a better installation. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's better reviews online. Or I don't know. I mean, it just depends on the industry. What is everybody doing? Can we take something to a different level? What is it that people have traditionally been frustrated about? You're right. It's the cable installer who says, we have a guaranteed two-hour window or you get $50. They mm -hmm. just gained a competitive advantage because what, right. what do we hate about cable installers? We have to take a day off work hoping they'll show yeah. up. And and then they show up at the very end of that time right. period. Yeah. Sometime between 1 and 5 and they show up at, at 5.15. And right. Mm -hmm. But the point is, right, disappointing experiences. We're looking to avoid those disappointing experiences. So we'll opt for what looks safe. And for most mm -hmm. cases, the safe choice is the specialist. Mm -hmm. And it's not true for everybody, but for most the organizations, the audiences I deal with, if there's a behemoth in your category, how do you compete when somebody has more resources, more locations, more people, more experience? You do it by being the specialist. Mm -hmm. They do all these things. This is all we do. Right. And you know, if you're looking for, you know, go out for Chinese food, are you going to go to the food court you know, where somebody does everything or that, that one restaurant with that has the right ethnicity and the family owned and the things that mm -hmm, make you mm -hmm. feel safe and that they know what they're doing, right? Right. They specialize in that. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that just, once again, a lot of ways to do this right. The way to do it wrong is just to be complacent and just say right. it's about quality or about our people. It's not mm -hmm. anymore. And and again, it comes back to knowing what your competition is doing. Yes. Um, you know, and 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 really trying to figure out how you how you can make yourself different. And you know, for so many people, that's scary because either this is the way they've always done it, or maybe they were the competitor. You know, they worked there and they thought, oh, I can do this too. Um, you know, and and all of those various things. And and you do look at the big guy and you think, well, the big guy, and it doesn't matter, you know, maybe it's your restaurant and you're looking at McDonald's or, you know, your, um, the brewery, you know, and you're comparing yourself to Coors, all those things. And you're thinking, well, I can't compete. Sure you can. There are ways to, to set yourself apart and make yourself different. Well, you need to be, you need to be the, the best choice for a core audience. Right. That doesn't mean you have to be all things for all people. As a matter of fact, it's, it's a bad strategy for most of us mm -hmm. is whether the best choice for a particular geographic area or a particular market segment or a particular vertical or a particular industry, you know, uh, you can win. Uh, I remember years ago and, and you and I were, were both in the Denver area. We had a, an old, um, 
sporting goods store. Remember Dave Cook? Remember Dave mm-hmm. Cook Sporting Goods? So mm-hmm. they were had been bought out by people who eventually became Sports Authority, and they just went bankrupt. But this was twenty something years ago, and they were talking to a right. small, uh, small sporting goods store in a strip mall. And he mm-hmm. says. And the reporter says, so these guys are going to come in. They're going to take 80% of the market. How does that affect you? And the guy smiled. He says, what does that leave me, 20%? He says, I can get pretty rich on 20%. Right. Right? You don't have to be all things for all people. You can be a big mm-hmm. fish in a small pond and be very, very successful. Mm-hmm. Well, and it really does come down to knowing who you need to be marketing to. Um, you know, and, and I think that's where so many people fall down is they do think, well, I have to have every product for everybody. And nobody does that. You know, I've, I've talked before on my program about, you know, Starbucks is not for everybody. Walmart is not for everybody. You know, there are certain, they, they, everybody knows who their specific target market audience, potential customer, whatever phrase you want to use. They know who those people are. And yeah, you know, there's, there's some give and take on either side, but you have to figure out exactly who your audience is. When you, when you try to be a great choice for everybody, then you're no longer a perfect choice for anybody. So mm-hmm. that specialist can do um, can be that much more successful when you try to be, you know, we then you're the first national savings and loan and salad bar, and, right? And it's it's just it's not a good strategy. Mm-hmm. And we've unfortunately seen, especially a lot of small business owners who fall into that category. You know, they think, well, I do this, and I'm not quite making enough money there, so I'm going to add this. And you know, we, this. right, right. And then when people are choosing. Yeah. They don't know who to choose. The, the best resource to mm-hmm. see how well this plays, watch the TV shows. Watch Shark Tank. Watch mm-hmm. The Profit. Marcus Lemonis on The Profit on MSNBC probably the, or CNBC, probably the best mm-hmm. show on television. And you go on Shark Tank and they say, so who's your audience? Everybody. No, no, no. Wrong answer. <laughs> you don't have enough money. You don't have enough money to market to everybody. Who, right. if they heard and knew but knew that you exist, would love what you do. That's mm-hmm. your core audience. you got to at least dominate them. And sometimes it's as simple as as proximity. If you're a pizza place mm-hmm. that sells pizza by the slice, your market is that 1.5 mile radius, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to try and be the best pizza everywhere. You might be, but there's a lot of competitors. Your market basically mm-hmm. is proximity. But right. if you're a specialist and you you know maybe your marketplace is global, right? The minute we go online, our marketplace is global. Mm-hmm. You can be that resource that people are looking for rare collectible Christmas something items. You can dominate that mm-hmm. and you can freeze out others because it, there is no need in the marketplace. That's the problem we see a lot of times is a solution looking for a problem. People start right. a, a company and you'll hear Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank go, you're going to get slaughtered out there. Mm-hmm. There's too many other people who already do it and they do it well. Mm-hmm. There's not a need for your product or service or company. And so sometimes that's a hard introspective conversation to have with yourself. You know, somebody may create a great jam or jelly or barbecue sauce, but you know, I guarantee you, we're not, we don't have a shortage of barbecue sauces right now, but no, but no, my friends and family love it. We're going to make millions. There's a solution looking for a problem. Right. Right. You know, and, and unless you have millions to put into it, Nah, you're probably not going to do right. that. And you'll hear that a lot too. Is you don't have enough money to build the marketplace. Oh no, but this stuff is really, really good. Mm-hmm. It's a business. Got to feel right. like a business. And and sadly, there's probably no truly unique products or services anymore. You know, and and Very, and yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things where I really I can't think of anything. Now, granted, there are there's some things that are just kind of anomalies. You know, I'm, I'm old enough <clears throat> to remember pet rocks. Oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, who thought that selling a rock was a good idea? And darned if those people didn't make millions of dollars. Um, and the scary thing but, is others who look at that and they think, that's a model, I'm going to do that too. It's an anomaly. You can right. when yes. something is just, who saw that coming, right? Mm-hmm. Crocs, something yes. else, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's an anomaly. Yeah. Right. You know, and and you have to remember that when you're developing it. And and so when you say you've got a new product or service and you talk about this in your book, research it, folks. You know, you're probably not the first person to come up with it and make darn sure that you're not stepping on somebody's toes yeah. who has a bigger lawyer than you do. Yeah, and, and, I, um, and I come across this all the time. And, and you know, people will say, you know, because my my. Uh, my trademark is the visibility coach. And I own, mm-hmm. I own the federal trademark for visibility coach. Right. And 
three or four times a month, I'll see somebody, I'll do a Google News search, and it goes up automatically, and there's somebody who says, hi, I'm so-and-so, the visibility coach, and they create like series of videos, and they never mm -hmm. even did a Google search to That's see, right. is it already taken? Mm -hmm. And in most cases, they're very apologetic and they're very embarrassed, but you got to protect your brand. You got to protect mm -hmm. it. But we don't have to go to the library anymore to look things oh, up. No. Just pull out your, your phone out of your pocket. And, right. um, and marketplace is jammed with products and items and companies and web domains. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a critical mass of great ideas that have yet to be fostered. Mm -hmm. And so dig deep. Dig mm -hmm. deep. There's so many cool things. A hundred years ago, the head of the U.S. Patent Office famously proclaimed that everything that can be invented has been invented. And right. it's crazy. It's the same thing mm -hmm. with marketing. For people who are willing to do the work, and I know we're short on time, but I start the book with a, a little parable, a true story. As I'm sitting with my then 10-year-old son, and we were watching the Super Bowl. And he says across the room, he says, Dad, if they can do such great commercials during the Super Bowl, why don't they do great commercials the rest of the year? Mm -hmm. And my brother looked at me and goes, yeah, marketing genius, answer that one. And I said, buddy, they, they can if they decide mm -hmm. to do the work. But most of the time, they're just lazy. Right. Because, but they can't be lazy to the Super Bowl because it costs too much money. What, mm -hmm. if we, what if we, all of us in, in our businesses, what if we pretended that everything we did was going out to the Super Bowl, was going to cost what it cost, was going to have the audience that it was going to have, and we held ourselves to that standard. Um, I think we could pr produce and create some great stuff. My colleague, Sima Dahl out of Chicago, Sima's brilliant. And she talks about social media as well. And she says, you got to ask the question before you post something, is it more likely to be forwarded or deleted? Mm -hmm. That's a tough standard, but I try, right. to, I try to live up to it. Mm -hmm. And I think if we, if we dig deep and are clear what everybody else is doing, commit ourselves to doing something more creative and more profound and more meaningful, uh, we will see the results in our business in spades. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and it does kind of come back to, to what we were saying before that so many people and you know, they're, they, they might be above average, but everybody is kind of at that same level. And we do kind of rest on our laurels or maybe even just coast with what we've been doing. And that's where we get caught because then you do have somebody who's doing it better right. who not only catches you but goes zooming past you. And our problem is we're just busy. We're busy. Mm -hmm. We're too busy doing the work that we sometimes forget to treat ourselves like a client. Right. And that requires blocking time on the calendar to mm -hmm. spend as much time working on our own business as we do for our clients and our customers. Listen, nobody's lazy, but we can be very complacent um, mm -hmm. in our marketing. And that's what the book's about. It's about treating yourself like a client and realizing that everybody's good. And so mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's been great fun. It's, it's exciting because this is the week of, of the launch. And the mm -hmm. book is called Visibility Marketing. And the, and the website is visibilitymarketingbook.com. And you can see everything easy links to buy it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, everything else, visibilitymarketingbook.com. And my regular website to learn about my speaking is visibilityinternational.com. Right. Well, and you know, let, let's talk a little bit more about that because you are kind of not rebranding, but expanding. Maybe would would be the maybe, right maybe thing. Updating and, and making sure it's relevant. I think it's good. It's right. a good lesson, lesson for everybody. Is mm -hmm. are you what you call yourself and how you promote yourself? Is it still as relevant today as when you crafted it? Maybe some years back. Right. And for me, the visibility coach, which is who we've been, is. Mm -hmm. um, it sort of it it puts me more in the category of a coach, and I'm much more of a keynote speaker and consultant. Right. So mm -hmm. we've rebranded recently, new website and everything under Visibility International. But I'm also <laughs> launching a, a big international coaching operation, and so that's the nice. perfect moniker for that. Mm -hmm. So listen, just like you, Deb, and and those listening, we're always growing, we're always learning. Um, we got to be careful that we're not complacent. And part of being mm -hmm. complacent is saying this is what we've always done, and so this is what we're always going to do. And we know what happens when, when, when the marketplace um, takes charge and moves our cheese. And so right. I want to future-proof my business. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting because we do, you know, it, it is, it's the easy way 
to keep doing things the way we've always done. And, you know, and then things pop up like social media, you know, it, it, I can still remember. And, you know, this, this was not that long ago when I was telling people and these were PR people, you know, and, and so I was telling them, Hey, you know, we really need to start putting our clients and our businesses and all of those various things on Facebook. And these people who are the best in the business, I mean, you know, people that, that I have high respect for looked at me and said, you're nuts. Facebook is never going to catch on. What the heck is Twitter? And then wham, those people got run over yeah, because, you know, they, they did catch and, on. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But you look at, at the opportunities for disruption and how many people saw, I guarantee you the cab drivers didn't see Uber coming. Right. I guarantee you the hotels, their hotels, you know who they're competing against? Not just other hotels. It's Airbnb. Oh, I know. It's, I can't wait to VRB, use Airbnb. It's VRBO. It's Vacation mm -hmm. Rental by Owner. It's The competition is, I mean, whoever thought that everybody's house could become a hotel and everybody's car <laughs> could become a taxi. Right. Think about your industry, your business. Where might things come and, and, mm -hmm. and can we stay relevant? Right. Mm -hmm. Blockbuster is, is gone. It was one of the biggest mm -hmm. companies. Why? Because we get that same service. It's just delivered a different way now. And even as a professional speaker, we we talk about are we are we ready when things come virtual? Uh, mm -hmm. And it's not just webinars and and podcasts like we're doing right now. But mm -hmm. I've seen um, demonstrations of 3D on stage broadcast from the other side of the world. Wow. The audience sitting watching a 3D hologram mm -hmm. on stage of a speaker. Is that the future? I don't know. It could be. It could be. Mm -hmm. I don't lament it. I just work really hard to prepare for it. Right. Because right. I want to be part and, of it, whatever it is. And, and of course, the worst thing is if you're playing catch up as opposed to, you know, coasting is better than playing catch up, but we want to be the leader. Right. If, if there's going to be change, at least be on the front end of that change. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you do you know how you do that? You become a voracious reader and you, right. you look for other resources. And, and I read. Hello. And, <laughs> I'll pick that one up. Uh, that's what we do on live radio. It's awesome. right. We answer the phone. And you know what it is? It just means that that's business coming in. I'll take yes, it. Yes. Mm -hmm. it's, it's better than the phone not ringing, Deb. Right. Right. You know, and 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 you do have to learn from the experts. And and again, you know, I'm gonna gonna talk about what we talked about at the very start of the program. You have to know what your competitors are doing because they're still paying their bills. Hopefully, um, you know, and and so they're still successful. Why are they successful? What the heck are they doing to make them successful? Yeah, I, 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 at the risk of, of repeating ourselves, there's a lot of really good companies. And part of the worst part about it, honestly, is most of them are very nice people. Right. And we would be friends with them, if not mm -hmm. already, if we weren't competing against them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get a lot of times it's very dismissive. You know what makes us different, honestly? We actually do what we say we're going to do. And I'm like, come on, everybody does. Right. So, and the good news is I, I think most everybody can win. We just kind of mm -hmm, have to mm -hmm. pick a different, a different lane and a different path That's to be right. the best choice for different people and, um, or different populations or different geographic areas. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. that was the fun part about this book was to, I, I bet. To, Create some resources and, and ideas and exercises and some mind shifts to help people understand how things are different. So that's that's visibility marketing. Great. And it's visibility marketing, the no holds barred truth about what it takes to grab attention, build your brand and win new business by David Avron. One last time, where do they find the book and where do they find the information about you? The book is available everywhere. If you want information about the book itself, uh, all the links to Amazon and Barnes & Noble everywhere at visibilitymarketingbook.com. And about my speaking, I speak on marketing and branding and competitive advantage to organizations across the country and around the world. It's funny, it's irreverent, and it's pretty hard-hitting as well. And you can learn about right. me at visibilityinternational.com. Perfect. Well, David, this has been wonderful again. Thanks. You know, at some point when I'm back in Colorado, we've got to have coffee or you know, you'll be in Atlanta. You know, they, they do have big conferences. Thanks down too. Here. I will come find you because you and I go back. <laughs> you and I go back 30 years. We do. We were just toddlers. We were. It was amazing <laughs> that people paid us as eight year olds. To, I know. To the work that we were doing at the time. Amazing. So amazing. So great to connect again. It is. And I am Deb Creer. Pretty easy to find me online, D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R dot -E com. 
And until next week, everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.